the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On April 20, 2010, an explosion on the Deepwater Horizon oil platform leased by BP, British Petroleum, it killed 11 workers, caused a blowout that began spewing oil, an estimated 200 million gallons of crude oil into the Gulf of Mexico. It was as though the world had come to an end. Not well, This was tragic, but I remember well the people mourned and they, they went into sackcloth and ashes on television. They said the, the Gulf of Mexico, the beautiful Gulf of Mexico will never recover. They said, look at it. And they would show pictures of oil on ducks and all this kind of thing. It was tragic, but it would not recover. It would ever never recover. It was a matter of months, not years, with the work that people did along the shorelines of the Gulf and nature itself as God has created it. You could not see the results of the oil spill. I'm not suggesting it wasn't horrible and horrific and all, but we so underrate God's creation sometimes. God has made things to work. When man fiddles with them, Sometimes they don't work as well as God intended. But nature is not a God we worship. Nature is a product of almighty, all-sovereign God, whom we bow down before and worship. Boy, I'll tell you, we get so screwed up in this world. But anyway, the the Gulf is looking great. The guys that live there, the fisher, uh, fishing industry and the Uh, all the rest of the guys associated with that, they all say it's like it never happened. It has recreated itself because that's that's the way God made things. Today in 1861, Colonel Robert E. Lee resigned his commission in the United States Army. Lee went on to command the Army of Northern Virginia. He eventually became general in chief of the Confederate forces. You probably knew that. Today, in 1971, the Supreme Court unanimously upheld the use of busing to achieve racial desegregation in schools. Today, in 1972, Apollo 16 lunar module carrying astronauts John Young and Charles Duke Jr. It landed on the moon. Today, in 1999, the Columbine High School massacre took place in Colorado. Two students, you will recall, we all recall, Two students shot and killed 12 classmates and one teacher before taking their own lives. That's what tragedy looks like. Yesterday, NBC News published a featured article that tells the story of a young youth pastor and his family. They've become disillusioned with his Southern Baptist Church and the broader evangelical Christian community to which he had dedicated his life. That's a quote. Because of his disillusionment, this young pastor, youth pastor, is now prepared to move his wife and his three children 
3,500 miles away to the NBC, I'm quoting them, to the weather-beaten northeast of Scotland for a new start. The disillusioned young man is asking, and NBC is exploiting the question, what do you do when your God fails? The God in this case is Donald Trump. The media has no restraint in regards to advocating their progressive, anti-biblical worldview. They have no restraint. On Sunday, Democrat leader Charles Schumer, Chuck Schumer, spoke at a church on Easter Sunday morning. Yes, I know, he he's Jewish. But the Easter Sunday had made one of the most sacrilegious, most offensive comments a politician has ever made. I'm not the only one that's saying that. People were struck. They couldn't believe what he said. The church was fine with it because they're far left in their thinking. But he told churchgoers Easter Sunday morning in a megachurch, large church, he told churchgoers that the confirmation of Katanji Brown Jackson was so monumental that, and I'm quoting the senator, he said, the stone has been rolled away from the tomb. That was the most heretical way in which the New York senator described his joy at the Senate, barely confirming the first black woman on the Supreme Court, despite her radical pro-abortion history and a history of giving light sentences to child abusers and pornographers. Schumer was speaking at the pulpit of A.R. Bernard's New York City megachurch. They were calling it their Resurrection Sunday service. And Schumer spoke. He said, even in the darkest times, there are bright lights. And this month, folks, we witnessed one of the brightest that we hope is a metaphor, an indication, a good omen of more bright lights to come. The confirmation of Supreme Court Justice KBJ. That he said, the stone has been rolled away from the tomb. We have elected, we have confirmed a black woman to the Supreme Court. I I don't know the words to tell you how offensive that is to me. Not because he's a Democrat, but because he's a fool. The Bible teaches very clearly about making those kinds of statements and those kinds of associations. Almighty God is not a political tool in the hands of somebody, no matter how important they may see themselves, who's been given a microphone. God is not pleased with that kind of thing, and I can't tell you how offensive that is to me. Jeremiah, in chapter 32, verse 17, said, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. That's the almighty, eternal, all-powerful, holy, just God that we serve. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 121:2, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's the attitude toward God that people should have, not using Easter Sunday of all Sundays to connect it to getting some woman approved onto the Supreme Court because she's black, but she's not 
not a very good judge from her record. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, And looking at them, Jesus said unto them, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's the God that we serve. Back to NBC and their special story yesterday. NBC begins their story with, with this. Quote, With their bags packed, Stacy, watch the riot unfold. Recognizing some of the Christian and evangelical language and imagery wielded by some protesters, he said he saw it as further proof that then-President Donald Trump had taken on a saintly status among some evangelicals. NBC continues, When your God loses, you have to find a way to get him back on top, the young man said. The whole idea was his man was supposed to be in the White House. What do you do? When your God loses. This is not an isolated um, narrative. And that's the reason I want to talk about it a little bit this morning, because I am seeing the news media moving more and more toward the, quote, religious side of things. And I'm seeing the Democrats do that as well. The secularists, the progressives, the leftists. I'm seeing that become becoming a pattern. I read a lot of news for this program every day. I mean, I look at a lot more than more than I normally would, I can tell you. And um, I'm seeing this I'm seeing this move toward identifying everything, whether it's the risen Christ, God is Christ is risen from the dead, from the tomb, the tomb is empty, the stone has been actually the, the Bible says the stone was cast away. It wasn't rolled, but which means it was like boom supernatural power, but I see them attaching, as Schumer is doing here, usually on Sunday in a, in a, a church, he's using the resurrection of Jesus Christ to promote this woman on the Supreme Court. They are shameless. They are without restraint. There's nothing they won't do to advance what they see as the most important thing, and that's their political agenda. But I'm seeing this more and more, this co-opting the Christian message, particularly where it has to do with Donald Trump and with the whole LGBTQ movement. NBC, first and foremost, is not reporting on this matter because it's news. They're not reporting on this young man, and I don't discount him. He's very important, Stacy and his family. I don't know him, but I've been a youth pastor. I understand. I get all that. But they're not reporting on this because they care about him. They're not reporting on it because it's news. And they're not reporting on it because it's a personal interest story. Because actually, if you take out the Donald Trump part, it isn't a a personal interest story for the media. They've published it because it's a story with value in pushing their agenda particularly ahead of the 2022 midterm elections and certainly ahead of the 2024 general elections. I don't want to sound cynical. I I pray that I don't get cynical from seeing all this nonsense that's going on in our world. But I refuse to just say, well, you know, that's the world we live in. It doesn't have to be the world we live in. That's not God's will for the culture. 
This story leaves two false impressions on an uninformed reader, and most readers of the news or people who watch the news on mainstream television, they're uninformed. It's a lot of very, um, very deep surveys that have been done that verify that. But I find this interesting that NBC verifies, quote unquote, that youth are leaving evangelical churches in mass. This is simply not true. There are kids leaving the church. Make no mistake, I get that. I've talked about it on this program. But this is simply not true in the way that they couch this to the public. You would think that every living kid between 18 and 34 or 24 or whatever is leaving the church. They're not. They're changing churches, but not necessarily leaving the church. Inaccurate polling and reporting, that's not the point of what I'm talking about today, but I will just mention, that is what's feeding a lot of this. That Yes, there are kids losing their faith. There have always been people that abandon their faith. They turn their back on God and so on. That's happening today. And yes, there have been kids that are leaving the church because they've been so indoctrinated from K through college in the secularism and humanism that they have lost their way because they weren't well informed on a biblical worldview. That is happening. It has always happened, but it is happening more in today's environment because there's so much media noise and rush on these kids. But inaccurate polling is reporting things that are are not true. Mostly mainline denominational churches have forsaken the gospel for a social gospel or worse, and they're the ones that have lost their kids because their kids have said, I don't need this, and they just leave. Paul called what is being heard over the many of the pulpits today in mainstream churches or mainline churches, he called it another gospel. It has no meaningful message for most of today's youth, so yeah, they're leaving. Many youth are polled, and when they're asked the question, what is your church affiliation? Presbyterian, Episcopal, blah, blah, whatever, or none. They just mark none. And that none gets transferred to people like NBC and CBS and ABC, and it becomes, oh, there's another kid that's left the church, turned away from the faith. Not necessarily. They're finding their way to churches that are never listed on these surveys. And there are many, there are millions of kids in America today that are serving the Lord. I know some of them. Some of them are closely related to me, to our family. I have a grandson. I know he's just one guy, but boy, he's all in. He's a youth pastor at a big church, and he's going to change the world. I know what he, I know how he feels. I felt that way a few years ago when I was 20-something. I get that. Not every kid is turning their back, but if you just read the news, if you just watched the mainline news services, you would think that there's not a kid in America that loves the Lord. Well, that's not true. While they consider themselves unaffiliated, they're attending other churches. They're serving God, but not fitting the polling matrix. Therefore, they're counted in most polls as having left the church or abandoned their faith, and in many cases, neither is true. There's an abundance of facts to support that migration. I mean, they just don't report on it. 
But the second false impression that NBC left in this story yesterday is that evangelicals worship Donald Trump. If that is true, it would also be true, if you were halfway logical, that progressives worship Joe Biden. Or they worship Hillary, or they worship Barack Obama. Maybe they do. I don't know. I've never been one, and I will not be. I don't know what they worship, but I do know that, I mean, I'm sure you can find a kook somewhere who thinks Donald Trump is God. But boy, there aren't many of them. I don't know any. I know people that voted for Donald Trump and said, man, you know, he represents where we're coming from. He represents our most deeply held religious beliefs. And I'm going to vote for him. And he came through. He did what he said he would do. He is deeply flawed. He has irritating personality traits. I mean, we all know that. But he did what he said he would do in regards to the Christian community, to biblical faith, regardless of where he personally happens to be in his own relationship with God. And I don't know. I know some of the pastors that were very close to him and are very close to him. One is Dr. Robert Jefferson at Dallas First Baptist Church. He still meets with him. And Jeffress is an all-out, sold-out, for God, biblical pastor of a 20,000-member church. He says he's very comfortable with Trump and what he did for the church during his presidential four years. The press can't leave this alone, and they're starting now to to build this narrative. And this is not an isolated story, and that's the reason I decided to talk about it today, because this is going to be expanding, and we're going to see more and more and more of this, because the media has already crossed the threshold of being honest or dishonest. They make no pretense of honesty or certainly unbiased reporting. Anymore, There was a day, perhaps, when they acted like they really wanted to just report the news. That day is long gone, as we all know. NBC says, with their bags packed, Stacy watched the riot unfold. That was the January 6th thing. He recognized some of the Christian and evangelical language, the imagery wielded by some protesters. He said he saw it as further proof that then-President Donald Trump had taken on a saintly status among some of the evangelicals. He said, when your God loses... You have to find a way to get him back on top. The whole idea was his man was supposed to be in the White House. What do you do when your God loses? Stacy is 31. He's one of a small, growing number, but a growing number, NBC says, of younger evangelical Christians who have left what they see as a religious community led astray from its faith by a fervent strain of Trump-based politics. He and other former evangelicals warn that in a post-January 6th world, the movement faces a challenge in attracting and keeping young progressive Christians. Young progressive Christians is the operative word there, alienated by its relationship with conservative politics. This is a declaration by NBC and by this kid. I wish I could talk to him. I, I mean, I sure could say some things to him that I think he would resonate with, but Clearly, clearly he's been indoctrinated in leftist views and leftist theology. And it's very sad because he need, he just needs somebody to come alongside of him 
and I understand he's got a master's or working on his doctorate or whatever, but man, I mean, there's there's things he's looking right past because the culture, the culture has taken over his thought processes and he's allowed that to happen. But anyway, I I digress. The the this this whole idea that everybody every evangelical who voted for Trump or even is patriotic to America now is being labeled as anti-God and pro-new God Trump. And if it wasn't Trump, it would be DeSantis or Pence, or it it wouldn't matter who it is, but Trump is their favorite target. Now they have this riot on January 6th, and they're using that to make the point that we're going to be seeing more and more and more of this. NBC is using Stacey to make their case He is incidental to this story as far as NBC is concerned. Whether those are Stacy's words or whether they're they're the words that NBC put in his mouth and said, oh, you mean so-and-so. And And he goes, yeah, yeah. And then they quote, they do this all the time. I don't know if that's the case here, but it could be. But they're very misleading. NBC then pivots to quoting evangelicals, quote-unquote, to further make their point. So they've used Stacy now and his family, and he's fed up with, the politics in his Southern Baptist church, and I'm not Southern Baptist, but whatever you are, and he's fed up with all this nonsense and all this this nationalism and all of this, we got, Trump is God and all of this, and they've used him now in the first part of their story. Then they go on and they pivot and they start quoting, quote unquote, evangelicals to further make their point. The article notes, as the theologian, I'm quoting NBC, as the theologian Russell Moore, a key figure in modern evangelicalism, wrote in October, many of us have observed anecdotally a hemorrhaging of younger evangelicals from churches and institutions in recent years. Let me be very clear. Russell Moore is not a key figure in modern evangelicalism. He may have been some years ago. He is very well known. He was forced to resign his position, and NBC doesn't touch on any of this. I'm just being frank. I've been around. I was on the board of the National Association of Evangelicals, 50 million members. I served on that board for a number of years. Russell Moore was forced to resign his position as president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of his Southern Baptist denomination because he was taking positions that were more and more in conflict with biblical evangelicalism and more consistent with the positions of the Christian left. And yes, his campaign to persuade their their SBC churches not to vote for Trump, and he went all out trying to get churches to denounce Trump, that didn't help him. It was part of it, but he was pushed out. I mean, he was asked to resign. He was. They said, like, hey, you know, this isn't going to work. Didn't set well with most of the Southern Baptist people. The problem is that many have come to believe that religion, he says, he tells NBC, itself is a vehicle for politics and cultural grievances, not the other way around. He knows better than that. That's a lie. Most most churches, most evangelicals do not see the gospel and the church as a vehicle to advance a political agenda. That is absolutely a lie. But it's out there. NBC, well, I... I heard it on the news. It must be true. 
The Christian left, that's how they see religion. Chuck Schumer, do you think he was trying to celebrate a risen Christ? No, he was trying to advance an agenda as he stands in the pulpit of a church on Easter Sunday morning. Boy, if there were some money changers and tables, I'd tip them over right now, and I'd remind the Lord that I learned that from Jesus. That bothers me. I hope it bothers you as well. It's the so-called Christian left, the Pelosi's, the Biden's, the Harris, the Oprah, the Hillary, the Obama, you know them all, who claim on the one hand to have deep Christian faith, yet they champion the causes of barbarianism in their advancement of abortion. Now they want to kill babies days, weeks after birth in case they decide they don't want them. God created male and female, but we've created all this hundreds of variations of gender, and we worship that. And if you don't worship it, you are anti, anti people and choice and freedom. They have turned truth on its head. And they are claiming the high moral ground when they are advancing a demonic kind of worldview. Women's reproductive health care, that's code for abortion. I think we've learned that now. That's their John 3.16, really. The great commission that Jesus gave his followers was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, not seek social justice as a kind of salvation while virtue signaling a person's personal compassion or work for women's reproductive rights so unwanted children can be killed rather than raised to the glory of God. Neither is redefining marriage. It's in direct violation of biblical teaching, but they call it a progress marker for Christianity. It's an enemy of God. It's an enemy of biblical Christianity. NBC also quotes this Kristen uh, Demuse. I don't know a lot about her, but I, I, I didn't know, frankly, she was a professor of history at Calvin University in Grand Rapids, but NBC says she is, but I did know about her book. She's the author of a book. The book is titled Jesus and John Wayne, How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and Fractured a Nation. They quote her as a leading authority on evangelicalism. She says many evangelicals get their news from and form opinions based on a narrow set of media outlets, including Christian Talk Radio, <laughs> Christian Talk Radio and Fox News, because of long-standing mistrust of mainstream media. That's a half-truth. We do mistrust mainstream media. I hope you do as well. So their reality is just so different, she says, and the conclusions they draw are so different, and that's my point today. People on the left are outraged when you question their patriotism, their dedication to the nation as founded, and their respect for the Constitution as originally written. But they continually vindicate our concerns by doing so. When the left is not cherry-picking scripture to shame people who believe in the biblical teaching of borders and national sovereignty— they're pandering to Christian voters during political campaigns. They're claiming that they too are biblical Christians serving Christ and yet taking a stand against everything that the Word of God teaches. I have more to say today, as you can imagine, but I'm almost out of time. We will continue right here tomorrow. I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for your prayers, your notes of encouragement. We need your support. 
We need you to stand with us. These are incredible times. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.